So two weeks ago, last week Rick preached, but two weeks ago I had started on Ruth and Boaz, and I told you that I would finish this up today. And if, uh, if you've ever read in the book of Ruth, and there's only uh, four chapters, so it's an easy book to read, um, that uh, there are so many different lessons in the book of Ruth, just like in all the books of the Bible, but there's so many. But today's is going to go maybe in a few, few different things that I had uh, got it dropped into me that maybe we hadn't really even thought about in the book of Ruth. So uh, I'd started out, you know, Naomi, um, she had lost her husband, and then her sons, uh, they had passed away too, and that left her with a couple of daughter-in-laws. And uh, she told them to go back to their homeland, and she was just, you know, she was just wanting what was best for them. And uh, one of them decided to go on ahead back to her homeland, but Ruth, the other daughter-in-law, she said, I'm going to go wherever you go, and I'm going to stay wherever you stay, and I'm going to serve the God that you serve. And, uh, and it was just such a noble thing for her to do. And as you find out, as you're reading through this book, how they are so much better together than if Ruth hadn't have went with her, and if Naomi would have been on her own, and if Ruth would have been on her own it would have changed the course of history. And they were better together, weren't they? Um, last two weeks ago, I had preached on Ruth gleaning in the fields. Um, as they got back into um, Bethlehem, and they were there, Ruth, uh, Ruth went out to glean. And uh, it just so happened that she had gleaned in Boaz's field. And Boaz had told the men not to harm her, not to lay a hand on her. And then he even told them to actually leave extra glean, he had, or extra grain. He had actually stacked the deck for her, trying to help her out. And, you know, whenever I read this, I was thinking, these were some tough times. Because, for one, you know, she was in poverty and she was poor and everything, homeless for the most part. And um, she's out working hard in the fields, trying to pick up whatever she could pick up. I can't imagine, you know, being in that position. And uh, so Boaz, he, he was uh, being, being very uh, benevolent in that issue. But he told the other men not to lay a hand on her. And I thought, gosh... What kind of a deal was this that, you know, is maybe even expected that people would get, like women would get hurt? And I, you know, Boaz, he was a true gentleman, wasn't he? A true gentleman. They, uh, and you know, the thing of it is, is he didn't, he didn't just do this and then he was automatically expecting something out of it was he he told her go ahead and glean in the fields and I don't want anybody touching her but he also told her you stay in my field because he knew it might be dangerous for her to go somewhere else and he told her to stay with his women that was gleaning in his fields and I think it was good for her to be with the other women 
Those women were better together than they were separated, weren't they? If you'll turn to Ruth chapter 2, verses 10 through 12, I want to read a little bit here. Ruth chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. It says, Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I'm only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother in your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord your God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. Whenever I read this passage in, in verse 11 where it says, I know, Boaz replied, about everything you've done for your mother-in-law. I had a, a thought going through my mind is, what was he thinking whenever he said that? Um, you know, this was one of the things that kind of stuck in his mind. And I have to think, was he thinking about his mother, Rahab? Because Boaz's mother was Rahab, who was once a prostitute, and she had hid the two spies, the two Israeli spies, um, for Joshua because they were in danger. And Rahab changed her life. Her life turned around. And that's a whole different message about uh, Jericho. And we'll get into that maybe later on um, in a few weeks. We may backtrack there. But Boaz's mother was Rahab. She was a very unlikely person to have become Boaz's mother. Um, do you know that God uses unlikely people to do his work? Who would have thought that God would use someone who used to be a prostitute to do his work? But God didn't care where she had been. He cared about where she was headed. God doesn't really care where you've been. He does care, but the most important thing is where you're headed, what direction you're headed. Um, we've got one of the greatest congregations that I've ever seen. And folks, I like where you're headed. Just the very fact that you show up for church tells me the direction that you're headed. They say a tree tends to fall in the direction that it's leaning. And anybody who cuts trees or wood knows that to be very true. So I wonder, Boaz, thinking about his mother and the hardships that she went through whenever she was younger. In that time period, um, she ended up after the walls of Jericho came down and she ended up marrying Salmon, who was Boaz's father. But you know, as a young child growing up, there was people that talked. People talk about people, don't they? And it's sad, but what he probably endured as a child about people talking about his mother, it's probably really had an effect on Boaz. But now he sees this young Moabite woman, Ruth, who really didn't belong where she was at, but yet she chose to follow her mother-in-law and she chose to worship Lord God Almighty. 
And so Boaz, although he couldn't change anything about what his mother went through, there's something he can do about Ruth. He can show mercy and grace to this woman. That's a real gentleman. You know a gentleman, ladies and girls, you know a gentleman whenever he cares about you, not expecting anything in return. And I say this to my own daughter here, who's single, guys. This is the second week that I've embarrassed her. <laughs> a true gentleman, he, his heart is after God. And a true gentleman, he doesn't just care about himself. And he doesn't have ulterior motives. And neither did Boaz. He saw probably the same qualities in Ruth that he saw in his own mother. And you know, I can, not everybody's, everybody's wired so differently, but I guess I'm kind of wired in the same way, and I'm not by any means comparing myself to Boaz. But I was an orphan, so I was adopted from Seoul, Korea. And um, I don't know what all happened back then, and I don't know my birth mother. And... I don't know any biological brothers and sisters. But I have to wonder sometimes, you know, what it was like or what happened or this or that. And so I guess that's why I have a heart for uh, Jaira Missions, where Joseph and Lena George are missionaries there and they have an orphanage. Because I can't do anything about. 1964 and the orphanage back in Seoul, Korea. But I can do something about gyro missions. This is a little different twist about the story of Ruth and Boaz, but this is just something that God just dropped into my spirit, you know. That's the thing about the living word of God is it's amazing the different applications that he can put into your life with it. That's why whenever you read and, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to just work and to reveal things to you and to open, you know, open up yourself to, to be able to accept and hear what God has to say to you, why it's, it's just really exciting the old Pentecostals used to call it a rhema word of God whenever something would just jump out of the page at you, you know, and slap you across the face. <laughs> so as the story progresses, Boaz is at the threshing floor. The threshing floor is whenever they would separate, they would beat the, the stalks and it would separate the chafe from the, from the grain and everything. And Naomi tells Ruth to go and lay at the feet of Boaz and to uncover his feet. And uh, 
this was um, what they did back then because he was actually a close relative of Elimelech, which was Naomi's dead husband. So Boaz was actually what was considered a kinsman redeemer. So she told him to do that, or told Ruth to do that, and said that Boaz will know what to do. Well, um, so she does that. She goes after Boaz late at night. He lays down in the threshing floor next to a pile of grain, and Ruth lays at his feet, uncovers his feet, and uh, is just laying there quiet. And Boaz... um, wakes up later on, probably late at night, and he notices that there's this really good-looking young gal sitting right at his feet. That is a total act of submission, isn't it, guys? You know, have a you know, beautiful woman laying at your feet. <laughs> so that'd be all the good reason to wash your feet good. That's right, young guys. You ain't going to catch no woman with having real stinky feet. So she's laying at his feet. And um, he wakes up and he notices who it is. Well, he had lots of servant girls that were gleaning. It could have been any one of them, probably. But it's Ruth. And she asked him to cover her with the edge of his garment which was a custom. Well, basically, what she was saying is, you're my kinsman redeemer, and basically, let's get married. (laughs) Yes, sometimes women propose to men. (laughs) And you didn't even have to buy a diamond ring back then. (laughs) They just exchanged wheat and barley and stuff. (laughs) Ah, here's an ephah of barley. Now you're my wife. (laughs) So he covered her with the edge of his garment. Or no, he didn't yet. He didn't yet. Because he couldn't. And here's why. Because there was a closer relative than him. And so Boaz said, you just wait. uh, Wait till morning. uh, Get up before everybody Uh, gets up because, you know, he didn't want her to be shamed or anything like that. So she did. He said, uh, uh, I've got to do some stuff. So what he needed to do was he needed to check with the closer relative who was the immediate kinsman redeemer and let him have first option. So Boaz, not only was he a gentleman, he knew an order of how to do things. And so he was doing it in order. So he went to the town square and he met with the leaders and um, made sure they were there. And then he approached the closer relative and he said, hey, you're the kinsman redeemer. You're the closest relative. If you want to purchase this land, then you have the first right to do that. And the guy said, yes, I want to do that. And Boaz says, but wait, it comes with baggage you get Ruth too. And the guy says, then I will not do it. Now, I don't know if he already had a wife or something, you know, it didn't, you know, who knows. 
but he said, because it could mess up my inheritance. And so, you know, this was before prenuptial agreements, so. Anyway, he refused it. And Boaz said, okay, since you're going to refuse this, then I will be her kinsman redeemer, because he was next in line. And he had all the leaders there that he, that he had witnesses of the transaction, and so he agreed to purchase the land off of Naomi, and hence, he gets the girl. What a deal. I don't think property comes like that anymore. Anyway, uh, but to seal the agreement, they did a shoe covenant. And back then, there was two different types of covenants, a salt covenant and a shoe covenant. Well, this was a shoe covenant. That's where you take off one of your shoes and give it to the other person, and then it was binding. It really messed up the whole shoe situation, <laughs> but it was great for sandal sales. So, I don't know. There, there may have been some type of a resale shop where they had all these mixed mass sandals, and you go in and try to find the other one. I don't know. It doesn't say that in the Bible. So anyway, the deal was done. And they got married, you know, Ruth and Boaz. And then, I'll skip the X-rated part, that they had a baby. He was a real gentleman. First come loves, then comes marriage, then comes Ruth with the baby carriage. That's the order. Right, Mallory? Hey, I better be nice to her. She, she baked me a peach pie. Thanks to the classes of the pie-making class. Let's move on to Ruth chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. I want to read something else to you here. It says, Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast, and she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor women said, now at least Naomi has a son again, and they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. Yes, King David was the grandson of Ruth and Boaz. And Rahab was King David's great-grandmother. Isn't that pretty amazing? Isn't that pretty amazing that King David came out of unlikely people in a messed-up society who've made lots of mistakes and lived in poverty and lived in sin, but God changed their lives. If, the, if you would... Please stand with me as the musicians come. <coughs> Boaz was Ruth's kinsman redeemer. Ruth at one point may have not have felt like she was worth anything but Boaz saw something in her that she was worth everything and going through the process 
he redeemed her and made her his wife. There is a parallel that Boaz is a sort of a parallel to Christ in our lives. Christ is our kinsman redeemer. And although there's times whenever we feel like that we just aren't worth anything, he sees a whole lot more in you than what you realize. You're worth everything. So much that he gave everything. He gave all his blood and all his tears on the cross to be our kinsman redeemer because you are worth everything. And it doesn't matter what kind of situation you've came out or what kind of situation you're in, it's where he wants to take you. If you've never given your life to Christ before, I would ask that you would do so today. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. If you've fallen away from him and you're like, man, I just wish that I could have that back. It doesn't mean that you're away from him, but it means that you may need to renew that vow that you once made to him. Just like a husband and wife sometimes renew their vows, this may be the day that you need to renew your vow to Christ.